It's Wednesday, the 28th of August, 2019, and this is Call of the Weird, uh, broadcasting from the bunker at www.bighitsradio.uk. And tonight we're looking at the mysterious case of uh, the Rendlesham Forest incident. Uh, in late December uh, 1980, uh, there is a series of reported sightings of unexplained lights near Rendlesham Forest in Suffolk. Uh, and they've become linked with claims of UFO landings. Now, the events occurred outside the RAF base at Woodbridge, which was used at the time by the US Air Force. Uh, US Air Force personnel, including Deputy Base Commander Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt, claimed to see things they described as a UFO sighting. Uh, the occurrence is the most famous of uh, claimed UFO events to have occurred in the UK. Uh, ranking amongst the best-known reported UFO events worldwide. It's been compared to the Roswell UFO incident in the United States and is sometimes referred to as Britain's Roswell. The UK Ministry of Defence stated the event posed no threat to national security and therefore was never investigated as a security matter. Skeptics have explained the sightings as a misinterpretation of a series of internal lights, a fireball, the Oxford Ness Lighthouse and Bright Stars. Enjoy all. Um, around 3am on the 26th of December 1980, uh, a security patrol near the east gate of RAF Woodbridge saw lights apparently descending in the nearby Rundlesham Forest. These lights have been attributed by astronomers to a piece of natural debris seen burning up as a fireball over southern England at that time. Servicemen initially, initially thought it was a downed aircraft, but upon entering the forest to investigate, they saw, according to Hall's memo, Hall was the commander of the base, uh, what they described as a glowing object, metallic in appearance with coloured lights. As they attempted to approach the object, it appeared to move through the trees, and the animals on a nearby farm went into a frenzy. One of the servicemen, Sergeant Jim Penniston, later claimed to have encountered a craft of unknown origin whilst in the forest, although there's no publicised mention of this at the time and there's no corroboration from other witnesses. Shortly after 4am, local police were caught at the scene but reported that the only lights they could see were those from the Orford Nest Lighthouse some miles away on the coast. After daybreak on the morning of 22nd December, servicemen returned to a small clearing near the eastern edge of the forest and found three small impressions on the ground in triangular pattern, as well as burn marks and broken branches on nearby trees. At 10.30am, the local police were called out again, this time to see the impressions, which they thought could have been made by an animal. Georgia Bruni, in her book You Can't Tell the People, published a photograph of the supposed landing site taken on the morning after the first landing. On the 28th of December, the Deputy Base Commander, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Hall, visited the site with several servicemen in the early hours. Uh, they took radiation readings in the Triangle of Depressions and the surrounding area using a standard US military radiation survey meter. And they detected um, unusual levels of radiation. Uh, they also detected a similar small burst over half a mile away from the landing site and Hall recorded the events on a micro-cassette recorder. It was during this investigation that a flashing light was seen across the field of the east, almost in line with a farmhouse, as the witnesses had been seen 
on the first night. They offered Nass Lighthouse as visible further to the east in the same line of sight. Later, according to Holt's memo, three star-like lights were seen in the sky, two in the north and one to the south, about 10 degrees above the horizon. Holt said that the brightest of these hovered for two to three hours and seemed to beam down a stream of light from time to time. Astronomers have explained these starlight lights as bright stars. And the first piece of primary evidence to be made p- available to the public after these incidents was a memorandum written by, by Hall, and this was known as the Holt Memo. Ma- and it was made publicly available in the US under the US Freedom of Information Act in 1983. The memorandum was dated the 13th of January 1981 under the title Unexplained Lights. The two-week delay between the incident and the report might account for errors in the dates and times given. The memo was not classified in any way. Dr. David Clark, a consultant to the National Archives, has investigated the background of this memo and the reaction to it at the MOD. His interviews with the personnel involved confirmed the cursory nature of the investigation made by the MOD and failed to find any evidence for any other reports on the incident made by the US Air Force or UK apart from the Holt memo. Holt has since gone on record as saying he believes that he witnessed an extraterrestrial event that was then covered up. In 1984, a copy of what became known as the Holt Tip was released to UFO researchers by Colonel Sam Morgan, who then succeeded Ted Conrad as Holt's superior. This tip chronicles Holt's investigation in the forest in real time, including taking radiation readings, the sighting of the flashing light between trees, and the star-like objects that hovered and twinkled. The tip has been transcribed by researcher Ian Ridpath, includes a link to an audio download and also a step-by-step analysis of the entire contents of the tape. Suffolk police were called to the scene on the night of the initial sighting and again the following morning but found nothing unusual. On the night of the initial incident, they reported that the only lights visible were from the Orford Lighthouse. They attributed the indentations in the ground to animals. The Suffolk Constabulary found the case was released in 2005 under the UK's Freedom of Information Act and can be accessed on their website. It includes a letter dated 20th of July 1999, written by Inspector Mike Topless, who notes that one of the police constables who attended the scene on the first night returned to the site in daylight in case he had missed something. There was nothing to be seen and he remains unconvinced that the occurrence was genuine. Um, the immediate area was swept by powerful light beams from a landing beacon at RAF Brentwaters and the Offord Nest Lighthouse. He says, I know from personal experience that at night, in certain weather and cloud conditions, these beams were very pronounced and certainly caused strange visual effects. Evidence of a substantial MOD file on the subject led to claims of a cover-up. Some interpreted this as part of a larger pattern of information suppression concerning the true nature of unidentified flying objects by both the United States and British governments. However, when the file was released in 2001, it turned out to consist mostly of internal correspondence and responses to inquiries from the public. The lack of any in-depth investigation in the publicly released documents is consistent with the MOD's earlier statement they never took the case seriously. Included in the released files is an explanation given by Defence Minister Lord Trefgarn as to why the MOD did not investigate further. In December 2018, Dr David Clark, a British UFO researcher, 
reported the claim that the incident was a setup by the SAS as a revenge plot on the US Air Force. According to this story, in August 1980, the SAS parachuted into RAF Woodbridge to test the security of the nuclear site. The US Air Force had recently upgraded their radar and detected the black parachutes of the SAS men as they descended to the base. The SAS troops weren't targeted and beaten up with the ultimate insult that they were called unidentified aliens. To enact their revenge, the SAS gave the US Air Force their own version of an alien event. As December approached, light and coloured flowers were rigged in the woods. Black helium balloons were also coupled to remote-controlled kites to carry suspended materials into the sky, which were activated by radio controls. For his article, Dr. Clark interviewed an SAS sniper active at the time of the incident, and the US base commander at the time of the incident, Colonel Ted Conrad, both of whom regard his plank, prank claim as highly implausible because of security considerations. So yes, some sort of often called, called it's a bit like the sort of the British version of Roswell in a way. Um, the Randlesham incident is still an unsolved case. But anyway, once again, time is against us. And um, that was it. That was Call of the Weird. I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might like the Andy and Lynn Show podcast, available on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Just search for Andy and Lynn or tune in live every Saturday to BigHitsRadio.uk.